This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. I'd like to join in in welcoming everybody here this morning. I'm glad that you could all make it with us. I want to say thank you for your participation in the services, especially to you kids. Thank you for singing out and glorifying God with your voices. It's it's always nice to hear that as, as we uh, expound our energy to serve God together. And I want to ask you to continue your participation in the services as we study God's Word together. I'm going to have the verses on the screen over here. Feel free to turn in your Bibles with me. And for a little while, I want to talk about God's model for handling stress. You know, all of us, we have stress in our life. Everybody does from all different sources. There's a recent survey that I found uh, that was just from a couple months ago back in March that show that 84% of Americans report feeling stressed, and this is at least on a weekly basis, at least once a week they report feeling stressed. That's up 6% from just one year ago. So March of last year it was 78%, this year it's 84%. Now, and that's not exclusive to any generation. You can see the generations that we have, Gen Z, that's going to be 18-year-olds to 25-year-olds, 95% of them. 95% of those people reported feeling stress. Millennials, it's going to be 26 to 41-year-olds. That's 92% of them. Then you've got Gen X is 87%, and the baby boomers is 68%. So you can see that stress does not pick and choose who it falls on. It falls on all of us. All of us are stressed. We all have different things that come up in our life that stress us out. When we, you continue to look at this survey, it shows what some things stress people out. You can see that very top one is money. 32% of Americans stress about money. Now, America is arguably one of the wealthiest countries in the world. We have more blessings than many other people across the world have. We have one of our brethren, Ben, is down in Belize right now. That's a third world country where they don't have nearly the things that we have, and yet almost a third of our population stress about money at least on a weekly basis. You can see that work is up there, mental health, physical health, people's own family stresses them out. You've got world news stresses people out. You've got the, the pandemic. You've got politics. You've got unemployment. All these different things tend to stress people out. Now, we also can see that people, other people in our lives, tend to stress us out. If you continue on in this survey, it shows who are some of the most stress-inducing people in America's lives. The very top one, people's spouse or their own partner, tend to stress us out more than anybody else. You can see their boss parents, kids, other family members, someone else, a co-worker, friends. You have all these people in our life that also tend to stress us out. So we can see that stress comes from all over the place for all different kinds of people. And what I want to look at is when we think about stress, stress causes a lot of other problems. It causes a lot of physical problems like high blood pressure, heart attacks, strokes, causes more medication because people are stressed out. But stress also causes a lot of spiritual problems too. And those spiritual problems, stress will lead people into committing more sin. Sin like fornication, like drunkenness, adultery, lack of self-control. When people get stressed out, they make poor decisions. And that's what I want to look at for a little while today is God has given us everything that we need to pertain to life and to godliness. We see that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life 
and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. God has given us everything we need. He's given us all the answers. He's given us all the tools. He's given us all the models, the support system, the accountability. He's given us everything that we need pertaining to life and to godliness. And for a little while this morning, I want to look at the model that God has given us that we can overcome stress in the world today. So this model is broken down in the book of Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read 6 through 9. Philippians chapter 4, beginning of verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So here's this model that we're going to look at, these four verses, Philippians chapter 4. This model can be broken down into six different things. Number one, be careful for nothing. That word careful means overly anxious or overly stressed. So God's telling us, don't be stressed for anything. Don't be overly anxious. But instead, we go to prayer and supplication, which that's number two. That word supplication means to let your request be made known, to go to God and ask Him for what you need. Thanksgiving is number three, count your blessings. Number four, control your mindset, where it talks about in verse eight, to think upon these good things. Number five, we got to put it in action, as it talks about in verse 9. You have to actually do what God wants you to do. And number six, stay focused on your mission. All of us as Christians today have been given a mission, and it's our job to stay focused on accomplishing that mission. These are the six things that we're going to break down this morning. We're going to dive deep into God's model for us to overcome stress. So the next time you're feeling stressed, I want you to go back to this model and remember that God's given you everything that you need. And if you follow these steps then that stress is just going to fade away. You don't have to worry about it as much. So number one, we're going to talk about be careful for nothing. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. This is Jesus talking here. He said, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Jesus is telling us here that we don't have to worry about all these physical things that we put so much attention towards. I want you to think about in your life how much energy and attention and how much thought do you put into just what you're going to wear on a daily basis or the food that you're going to feed your family with. All these things that we tend to worry about, we, we think about so much. And Jesus is telling us that God's going to take care of us. He knows what we need. Continue on. Let's go down to verse 31. It says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus tells us that when we do our part, which is seeking first the kingdom of God and following after His righteousness, God's going to give us everything we need. Does it say God's going to give you everything you want? No. But it says God's going to give you everything that you need. We can rest assured at the end of the day, we're going to be okay. 
when we're doing what God wants us to do. You know, it reminds me of the parable of the sower. When we think about, remember the number one stressor for Americans that almost a third of the population were worried about money? That reminds me of the parable of the sower. Let's look at that. In Mark chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Verse 7, it says, And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. Y'all remember the parable of the sower, that there was four different groups. This was one of the four. Now let's look in verse 18 and 19 and see what were those thorns that came up and choked out the word in those hearts. Verse 18 and 19, this is Jesus said, And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. The thorns that came up and choked out the word are the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. When we're so stressed and worried about money, we have to realize that that's a thorn creeping up in our life, and it's trying to choke out the word in our hearts. So we have to really be careful to make sure we're not overly concerned and worry about all these things here physically and keep our minds on the spiritual, what God wants us to do. The second thing it talked about in the book of Philippians, it says, With prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Psalms 55, verse 22, it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. God wants us to cast our burdens upon Him. When it tells us for our supplication to let our requests be made known to God, that means to go to God and ask Him what you need. He wants us to do this. He's given prayer as a vehicle to communicate with Him, so that we have this tool to go to Him and tell Him what we need. And He's going to take care of us. If you look in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, Jesus talking here, it says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened to you. We can rest assured that God is going to take care of us. God does hear our prayers, and He is going to give us the things that we need when we ask the way that He wants us to ask. In the book of James, we see that we've been given these tools. James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Then let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. God's given us these tools that we can use to help us through these daily stresses of life. He's given us prayer. He's given us psalms. He's given us each other. He's given us the church that we can help each other and we can depend upon each other when we need it. And God wants us to use these, to go to Him in prayer, let Him know what we need, and He'll, He'll take care of us. He'll give us what we need. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 tells us, Cast all your care upon Him because He cares for you. God cares for you. You are His child. He wants to take care of you. And all He wants you to do is just go to Him in prayer and tell Him what you need. So to recap just what we've seen so far in Philippians, Philippians says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about things, but instead go to God in prayer. Let your requests be made known. Number three says, with thanksgiving. This is a word that can be easily overlooked in that passage. God tells us to go to Him in prayer with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving means be grateful. We're counting our blessings. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. 
When we look at that verse 12, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae here, and he's telling them, Give thanks for the Father who has equipped you and qualified you to this eternal inheritance that we all have. Remember that He's qualified you as well too. He's made you meet to be partakers of this inheritance. When we think about all these things that stress us out in life, are you remembering this inheritance that's waiting for you? If you are, it's going to help those stresses fade away. Because we realize whatever you're facing here today, it's all temporary. And we know we have a much better reward coming later on. And make sure we're giving thanks to God for that. James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I want you to think about for a second. Think about all the good things in your life. Think about all the blessings that you have, your home, your car, your jobs. Think about the people in your life that are a blessing your family, your church family. Think about all these things that you have and realize that's a gift from God. And God wants us to be grateful for those things. And He wants us to remember that we really do have a lot of great things in our life. Even when stresses tend to get us down, He wants us to remember we have a lot, lot of things that we should be grateful for. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, "...and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." Give thanks for everything, including the things that tend to stress you. Most of the time, they're a blessing in disguise. It's helping you become a better person. It's helping you focus your mind back on God where it needs to be. It's helping you in some way, and you can give thanks for those things as well. So God wants us to not worry about our stresses. He wants us to go to Him in prayer, and He wants us to remember to have gratitude and to count the blessings for what He's given us. The next thing it talks about in Philippians chapter 4 is to focus on our mindset. Let's read that again. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, a lot of what we focus on and what we do, it really begins with what we're thinking on, what, what we put our mind towards. And in the book of Philippians, it's telling us, set your mind on things that are good. Set your mind on these positive things. All these things that are around you that are good, God wants us to focus on those. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, set your affection on things above, not things on the earth. When you look up that word affection, it's the same word that's translated mind in other areas. The Thayer's Concordance says that affection means to direct one's mind to a thing, to seek or to strive for. It means to seek one's interest or advantage. So what it's talking about in collection is set your affection, set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. When we're focused on the eternal, we're focused on all the spiritual things that we have, the physical doesn't matter as much anymore, does it? So we can realize that all those things are going to slip away when we put our mind in the right place. It continues that on in Philippians chapter 4 with putting in action. Thinking alone is not enough. It requires action to back it up. In verse 9 again it says, Those things which you have both learned and received, and heard, and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. As Christians, we're called to put the things that we learn into action. Do the things that God has asked us to do, and make sure that we're doing what we need to so we can honor and glorify Him. 
Jesus taught us a parable of this in Matthew chapter 7, where we read 24 through 27. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. You have two different men here who built a house. One built his house upon a rock, one built his house upon a, on the sand. They both had stresses. They both had the wind come, the, the rains blew, they both had all these different things, and yet one was able to withstand it, one wasn't able to withstand it. There's only one difference. The ones who built his house upon the rock, Jesus said he did the things that Jesus taught. The one that built his house upon the sand, he didn't do the things Jesus taught. They both heard, they both had the opportunity, one put it into action, one didn't put it into action. That's a lesson for all of us to learn as well as Christians. If you really want to make sure you can withstand the trials and stresses of this life, do the things Christ asked you to do. It's as simple as that. Not always easy, but it's simple. Do what we need to be doing. So when we do all these things, as it talks about in Philippians chapter 4, sometimes there's one other step that we have to do, which is to stay focused on your mission. All of us have been given a mission. Remember we looked at at the very early of this lesson that sometimes it's other people that tend to stress us out more than anything else. Or sometimes they disappoint us or they get us down or whatever it is. We have an example of this where Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament and Elijah was very disappointed with all the people that are around him. Let's read that. In 1 Kings chapter 19 and 4 through 8, it says, it's talking about Elijah, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruse of water at his head. And he did eat and drink. And laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. So here you have Elijah here. If you look earlier in this chapter, you can read a little bit more about him. But basically, Elijah was just so sick of people. And he was so tired, and he went to God and said, Just take me away. Just, just take my life, I'm done. I'm done working with people. And what I think is interesting here is that the angel came to him, and the angel gave him a couple of things. He gave him food, he gave him water, and said to sleep. And sometimes we tend to get so stressed out, and all we need is a, knack and a snack and a nap. We just need to lay down and take it easy for a little bit. And that's what the angel did to him twice, right? So Elijah took a nap. He got up and he ate and he drank, took another nap, did it again, and then he was at least okay for a little bit. But he was to the point where he was ready to die. He was so sick of working with people, he was ready to die. So then if we continue on a little bit, let's read verse 9 through 11. It says, And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there, 
And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. What you see here is in verse 9, it talks about that Elijah had gotten up. This is after he had eaten, and he took a nap, and he was going on. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Then he saw a cave, and it really seems like to me that he saw this cave, and then he's trying to hide in isolation. That he was going back in this cave, and he's forgetting his mission, not doing his responsibility, and he still doesn't want to be around other people. Because God said, what are you doing in this cave, Elijah? I told you to go do something. You're supposed to go do something. And Elijah says again, I'm the only one left. There's nobody following after you, God. Everyone's evil. All these people do is they care about themselves. They're trying to kill all the prophets. They've already killed all the prophets. Now they're trying to kill me too. So he's done with people. Now he's trying to hide in isolation. And God says, get up and go do what you're supposed to do. It's time to get back to work. If we continue on and we look at verse 18, God tells uh, Elijah, I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed to Baal and every mouth which has not kissed him. God says, you may think that everyone is only evil and everyone is trying to kill all the prophets and that you're all alone, but you're not alone, Elijah. There's 7,000 other people who are faithful to me. And sometimes when we get so sick of people and we get so tired of people following after their own ways and not following after God, it can feel like we're alone too. And God reminds us we're not alone. That there's other people that are trying to do the right thing. There's other people serving Him. And yet we have a mission that we're supposed to go accomplish. And He tells Elijah, get back to your mission. When you, when you read through and you keep focusing on this, you go to 1 Kings chapter 20. Then Elijah comes by a young man named Elisha. And the story is that Elijah cast his mantle on Elisha, and Elisha started following after him. Elisha then became another great prophet for God and helped other great people turn and follow after God as well. And if Elijah would not have done his mission, would not have gotten up and got out of his sorrows and got back to work, he probably would have never found Elisha, and that would have never become a prophet. So he had to focus on his mission and get back to work and go do what he needed to do. And this is something that we all need to remember as well as Christians. Sometimes we can just really get sick of working with people. Sometimes we just get really tired of it. And it really doesn't matter. God's given us a mission. And for us to go accomplish that mission. That mission can be found in Matthew 28 verse 19 where Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Jesus has given you this mission today. Go teach the world. Go teach the world about Jesus and baptize them, help them have forgiveness of their sins as well. That's our mission. And what we have to remember is when we just get so sick and tired of working with people and they stress us out so much, those people are God's children too. God wants to call them home. God wants them to do the right thing. And it's your job and it's your mission to go teach them. Go teach them about Christ. And one of the ways that we teach them 
is by showing Christ through our life. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Our mission is to go teach the world about Jesus. And we do that by showing His light through our lives the best we can. And suffering through sometimes when people stress us out. Just help them anyways. Do what you can to help them and teach them. So we know when we do these different things, as it talks about in Philippians, that we will have a peace of God that will be with us that passes all understanding. That the world is not really going to understand. How can we have peace in all this stress? I want you to think about all the people in the world that are stressed right now. They're stressed about the economy. They're stressed about rising gas prices. They're stressed about politics and who's in office. Think about all these different things that stress and we're called as Christians to follow this model. When we follow it, we have peace, don't we? You don't have to worry about those different things. And the world's not going to understand it. But we can know and rest assured that we will have this peace. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. This peace comes from believing in Christ and believing our Savior, and that we have this eternal hope of a heavenly peace with Him. That, yeah, our life here on earth is probably not going to be any easier than anybody else's. But this life is not all there is. We know that there's more coming later, and we can have hope in that. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in, that ye, in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We're going to have hard times in this world. Jesus tells us that. And we know that from life experience that there's good times and there's bad times. There's always going to be tribulation and heartache in this world, but it's okay because through Christ, we can overcome the world just as He overcome the world. And we can have that heavenly home with Him in peace. And when we think about Christ being overcome in the world, we look at Him and we keep our mind focused on Him so we can overcome it as well. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our role is to lay aside the things that are holding us back. Put aside that weight. Put aside the weight of stress. Put aside the weight and heartache that we have in this world. And instead, keep your mind and keep your eyes focused onto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And make sure that we're following after Him and His footsteps. We can also remember Romans chapter 8, verse 17, that if we're children, then heirs. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with Him, that we also may be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When you get stressed, when you have all these different things, remember, you won't even have a comparison to all the glory that we're going to have later on. All the glory is there waiting for you. And everything that you have on your shoulders, everything that's beaten you down in this life, not even going to remember it. It's just going to vanish away because we're going to have this hope and a glory with Him in eternal heaven. 
when we're children and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, that we know that we can have this glory later on. When we really think a lot about stress and anxiety and depression and all these things that really get us down, really what it stems from is we're way too focused on the temporal and we're not focused on the eternal. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, it says, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, which where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. We have to remember that our role is to seek the things that are above. Keep your minds focused on the eternal. And, get, and quit getting so caught up into the here and now and take a bigger picture view of ultimately what we're here for, which is to glorify God, to serve Him, and so we can also be risen in glory with Him when He returns. So to recap this model of overcoming stress that we have from Philippians chapter 4, it's number one, be careful for nothing. Number two, prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. Number three, have thanksgiving. Have gratitude for the blessings that you've been given. Number four, keep check of your mindset. Make sure you're focused on the things you should be focused on. Number five, put the things into action and do the things that you need to do. And number six, stay focused on your mission. Go teach the world about Christ and show the world Christ through your own life and through your actions. So I know as we continue on and we leave this room, stress is going to hit us again. You might be feeling peace right now and there's nothing stressing you out. There's probably people here in this morning that there are things stressing you right now. And as we leave, there's going to be more stress that, that comes our way and more things that tend to overtake us and want to push us aside. And that's going to happen. What we have to do during those times is remember this model. Remember what God has given us. And it's for up to us to do this all the days of our life. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, Paul says, I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. Our role is to do this until our departure is at hand. Follow after this model. I hope the lesson has been helpful to you this morning. If there's anybody here that you need the prayers of the church, you need guidance, you need support, you need whatever you need that the church can help you, maybe there's stress in your life that's been overtaking you, we can help you implement this model. We can help you and support you through that if you just let us know. If there's someone here that you haven't turned your life to Christ in baptism, you haven't been forgiven of your sins, then you have an unbelievable amount of stress on you that you may not even realize. You have the weight of sin on your shoulders. And Christ has promised that He can remove it from you this morning. He can remove it in baptism, and all you have to do is give your life to Him and let Him take those burdens off your plate. If you'd like to obey Christ in baptism today, or you need the prayers of the church for any reason, all you got to do is come have a seat on the front pew while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.